This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Malfoy. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgara. Hello, my friend Karen. Hello, Chris. Uh, how are you? Pretty good. <laughs> how's, how's your day? My day has been great. I dyed a couple pairs of pants bright red by accident. Oh. Um, I was just experimenting. But, uh, you know, so I got a few pairs of red pants. Wait, so experimenting sounds like you tried something. Yes. But- so it wasn't you had pink socks that, with your white jeans? I had a pair of gray pants, and I had a pair of green pants, and I thought I'd add a little bit of red just to experiment. And they became <laughs> both very red pants. So it works very well. It's a very strong dye. And what are you envisioning your future plan for two pairs of red pants to uh, be? I, well, I think my future involves having nothing but red pants. I'm just going to be that guy. <laughs> just, I'm willing to try anything okay. now. People will think that you're from France or Germany. Yeah. I I'm, just want to warn you yeah, that yeah. that's very European. Red pants. Red pants is kind of European. And, and black and white striped turtlenecks. Yes. <laughs> gonna ride and a, a little mustache. Yep. A crossbody bag mm-hmm. for men. Sandals. Yes. I'm doing all that. Small round glasses. Uh, yes. These, I'll start with these. Oh, good. That's good podcasting. I thought I'd show my new glasses. <laughs> people love visuals on this podcast. We're different than other podcasts because people love the visuals. Yeah, we usually describe them while driving, but now we describe them while sitting. And there's uh, less to describe, but we do not spare you any details. They are black frames and the lenses are small <laughs> and you should see them. Uh, uh, I did a golf tournament, a real one, huh. on Monday. It was at a private, fancy resort where... Are you rich? I'm. Everyone in it was a millionaire. Like, they all had name tags of a business that I was familiar with, and they were the ones that started that business. I drove into the parking lot, and I felt like a Beverly Hills cop because everyone stared at my car because it wasn't a brand-new <laughs> all-wheel drive Maserati. But I, they were nice. Everyone was nice, and uh, it was... It was very fun. It was for the Hart Foundation. And at the end, I put my money in the pot for a chipping contest. It was just a hundred bucks. And the guy that went right before me chipped the ball right in the hole and got twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> and he was he was a man that didn't need that money, and so he gave it back uh, to the charity. And then Classy. I hit after him and I made it uh, about halfway to the hole. Oh. It was lined. We did the chip off in the eating area, the dining banquet area, still outside, but there was just a flag. And 
lined with tables that were already set and people were dressed nice and it was horrifying. And I chipped, I made it halfway and they all laughed because I said that was embarrassing very loudly. Then they all sure. laughed. And Great. then uh, that guy, and then I went to my car and I, I cried a little bit, just a little. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was very close to winning $25,000. It sounds like you were halfway close yes. to winning $25,000. Yeah, I did um, win. I did win the tournament. The, our, our team won, but... Congrats. Yeah, but, but that's not, that's the trophy, not the twenty five grand. But it doesn't matter because it was for a charity cause. And so I did, I did well, right? This is the second golf charity tournament story you've told me on this podcast. Yeah. Which makes me feel like you're slipping into a millionaire's golf underworld that I am uncomfortable They're, with. Everyone, we went into this candlelit room. They mm. had me put on a robe. What? We chanted. Yes, this was all part of it. <laughs> and tiny glasses. I'm here to let you know about the inside under, <laughs> un, underground golf world. And I'm still waiting to get picked up. Just be careful. Don't be going around being like millionaires are nice, you know, to everybody. You can't just go back to the Los Feliz golf course right. and talk like well, that. Well, I I'm, was trying to be open-minded and I'm glad I was because they, they all were very sweet to me. It was very a very pleasant time. I'm glad. Thank you. That was an exciting <laughs> story. There's a lot of twists and turns. The part where they made you get on the ground and play, uh, what was it? What was the thing from Succession? Piggy on the ground? Hog on the ground? Hog on the stick? I don't know. I can't remember that Succession episode. Very disturbing. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to tell me something like that. They made you wrestle something. No, somebody no. else. They just a bus boy. Everyone was nice to me, and I could have won twenty five thousand dollars, but I didn't. That's all. That's all. I don't okay. need that right. kind of money. <laughs> I'm very excited for our guest today, Karen. I am too. I'm her number one fan. I think I told her that on Twitter one time. I was just listening to her album, The Hits, and I related <laughs> to very many of the jokes, and so I'm going to bring up those jokes, and it'll be very fun. For her and for me. People for love you. that when you quote yeah, their jokes back to them. I'm going to tell some of her jokes, my version of them back to her. And I think that will be fun. She plays clubs and colleges all over so this country. So many colleges. <laughs> you know her from television shows. You know her from her own comedy specials. She has live comedy in New York City. And we know if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Joe Firestone. Thank you so much. What? And this is really a nice vibe in here. You oh, like it? Good. In this Zoom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I feel like I'm in California. Hey, yeah. where are you in real life? Yeah. I'm in St. Louis where it's like 25 degrees. Mm. It's so cold. And it's like, everybody says hi. Then it's just not, but this is different. This feels different. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Are you both in California? We are. We are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It yeah. really does feel like you're a California friendship. Because <laughs> what? Because we're kind of casual, kind of like stoners. You're like kind of casual, but it's warm. There's a warmth. <laughs> it's really it's pleasant. I, I listen. I really I understand. I understand why you have listeners now, and I understand why you're going to get more listeners. <laughs> Every episode. Thank after you. this episode, especially. Oh, after this episode, especially. But, you know, I think it's going to be, it's really, it's, it really makes you feel like, well, well things are okay. <laughs> things are going to be okay. That's the best review we've ever gotten. It's really good. Do you have uh, comedy concerts in St. Louis? Um, what is that? What are, are you performing? <laughs> are you performing your oh, own stand-up oh, shows? Um, I'm sorry about that. That's of course that's what you're asking. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was doing one show. There was a festival, and I did. It was one night, and I did it. And then I live here, or my grew up here, and so oh. I had to take my dog on an airplane. And so I thought, well, might as well not do that twice in one month. And so I just stayed here until days after thanksgiving so it's day we're on day four, day four. good times yep day four yep day four <laughs> 14. <laughs> and so the temp was the temperature like in the 25s when you landed oh yes so yep. 
And were you ready for that? Because No, my grandpa told me it was 80. My grandpa told me it was 80 (laughs) degrees. And it's 30. It was 30 when I got here. Was he going by Celsius? That's the only explanation. But even then, it's it's so cold. I don't know what... All my socks are just... It feels like not wearing socks. It's so cold. And you experienced this kind of cold recently? It's so bad. I believe you because no. you're indoors right now and you seem quite bundled up with a scarf. Yeah. yeah. It's drafty. <laughs> it's a real adjust. Well, because um, normally you live in New York. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's it's not like it doesn't get cold there, but it just hadn't really gotten cold yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you kind of left more autumnal weather to go into... Well, yeah. it sounds it, like a polar vortex. It's a polar vortex. It's nor'easter. Something's happening. <laughs> like, it was basically like, you know that, like, you know when you're sweating on your way to the airport, you can't fathom that wherever you're going is going to be different than sweating? Yes. That's what happened to me. That's you. That's what happened I, to me. I think we need to find out why your grandpa's lying to you. That's what I yeah. What? We should get him on this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Where is the can he come can we can he explain himself? Is he a type of person who would want to explain himself or no? You know, I think he'd stand by whatever he lied to me about. I think he would really <laughs> double down maybe, but he's managed to go the whole pandemic, not one touch of Zoom. <laughs> yeah. He's smarter than all of us, I bet. Can you imagine? It's easier for grandpas to do that to stay away from the Zoom. Yeah. yeah, it must be an age thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just think about the times I go, because uh, I'm from Northern California, when I go up there and I don't prepare correctly, or there's been times when I've gone there and then had to stay way longer than what I packed for. And I end up wearing weird clothes of my sister's that she stopped wearing like eight years ago, but doesn't get rid of. She just leaves them in her closet. So I'm, I have some weird, like, sweater from Kohl's that goes past your knees or or whatever. And that, are you going to be collecting warm clothes out of your grandfather's closet? Do you get to get some old coats or yeah, anything? Yeah, grandpa sweaters. Oh, grandpa sweaters. Well, I was, I found this sweater in my closet and I was like, well, this is a nice sweater. Why did I leave this here for 10 years ago? And then I put it on and I was like, oh, oh. it's like, you ever have a sweater where you're like, this makes me look like the worst shape of any human it's like yes i couldn't believe it it looks like a normal sweater and then i put it on horrific it it's basically like aligned i don't know if i could say this word but basically it's like it's like basically the sweater cuts off right at the pubis sure it's okay you can say that <laughs> no that's fine because you're a doctor well i'm a doctor it's just right at the pubis and i don't even know where that is exactly but i know that's where those sweater stops and it's i just said fit that nobody's supposed to Nobody's supposed to wear a sweater to the pubis. It's either below the pubis or above the pubis. Or up there, yep. You don't want to hit it. You don't want to put a sweater arrow toward it. No, no. No. What are we doing? I'm trying to go bowling. (laughs) (laughs) You might have to while you're there. Yeah, for real. With that sweater, I got to go bowling. (laughs) You better. I want to find my true love. (laughs) I get very excited this time of year because I have have quite a collection of sweaters, but I am particular about how they are in the pubis area or just the the waist area, the waist, the Diane Weist area. The Diane Weist area. She wears a lot of sweaters. Think of any movie with Diane Weist. What is she wearing? She loves a long sweater and a short haircut. A long, straight sweater. We can't have it pillowing right above the waistline now, can we? (laughs) No, no, no. No, we cannot. Oh, but I'd rather, I mean, can you imagine having long hair and a short sweater? (laughs) (laughs) That's the life. You made the right decision. Yeah. I'd rather have short hair and a long sweater, for sure. I did buy a winter coat. That just reminded me when you're saying the worst shape, the worst shape ever, where I just wanted a straight winter coat, not double-breasted. I just wanted it to have like three buttons down the middle, straight Mm -hmm. down. But I'm not straight down. And that's the thing I always, always forget, even though I've basically had the same body since I was 12. And the shape I took on putting that coat on was so hilariously bad because it was almost like in the front, it looked okay. And then when I turned to the side, it just, it like billowed out in the worst way where I was just like, what was I thinking? Is it because you're standing above a Marilyn Monroe air vent? (laughs) 
That's what it is. I put my fan on the floor <laughs> to try on all my coats. You got to be careful where you stop on a sidewalk. There's just an idea sometimes that I get where I'm like, I'm just going to cover all this up and that will be the solution. And it isn't the solution. And I love that the young women of today are like, not only am I not going to cover it up, you're going to drink in every inch of my body. Whereas like, I just was not raised in that era. Um, there's, I used to live in this, in this neighborhood and there was a store there. And the first many seasons, <laughs> there was this item in the front of the store. And it was, um, the best way I could describe it is clear buttons, just <laughs> buttons, no fabric. The buttons were connected and it was a vest. What? And I was like, what? Like clear, what do, like it was made of plastic, transparent? Plastic, yeah, like basically like um, plastic clear coins to touch together oh. with metal. <laughs> and it was a vest. And I was like, and then I finally walked by with somebody who was fashionable, and I was like, "What? What are these? What is that?" And she's like, "You wear that plain." No, you wear Nothing. that plain. <laughs> wow. So, like, it's your shirt. Right. That's your shirt. But that's all you, you get. Plain. I got a sweater <laughs> vest. My first sweater vest. I saw it and I liked it, and I bought it. And I keep getting reprimanded for wearing a T-shirt under it. Apparently, in my neighborhood, all all the friends and passerbys, unsolicited, will say, "That's a sweater you need to show off your arms with." Wow! Like a muscle shirt, and I'm not willing to do that. Wow! That style is so specific. Yeah. To, but I've gotten so much feedback. It's like, <laughs> what's with the sleeves under there? You got to rock the... I don't know why this neighborhood wants to see my arms. They're nothing to write home about. Would you say over five people have given you that feedback? I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say half a dozen. Oh, my God. Now, That's it's a skateboard brand. That is over five. <laughs> that is kind of a skateboard style now, the preppy, but with an edge to it. And so I think having a sweater vest and having no shirt underneath, it's a very specific, but I'm not kidding, a, a recent skate style. That's where it's coming from. Wow. I'm not getting this kind of feedback from like uh, people outside that world. But just like Joe's uh, button vest, button coin vest, <laughs> your sweater vest, I would not like to be experiencing that material on my skin exactly. directly. It's itchy. It's In not 100% case. cotton. Like, don't no. you know this is a poly wool, a twill, a, a, com, a galvanized. Yeah. Not on the belly. Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> no. And the chest. Dare I say the nipples. I hate scratchy oh. nipple shirts. I'm sorry that I went there, but we already said pubis. <laughs> oh, you went. Oh, you went. <laughs> I know there, I did. I really it went. It has for to it. get discussed. Wicked. They're just a wicked reference. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> oh. Wow. It's a challenging time of year. You know, yeah. But is it like in LA? Is it kind of just like. But you're always kind of like, you do you really ever have to wear a coat? Sometimes a wind will kick up. Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while there's a wind that comes. There's a yeah, and you're standing above strong. it. It's coming from the mm -hmm. sidewalk. But yeah. I, uh, it will get in the 40s, maybe at night. Well, and that's the wow. that's it's. I'm not bragging. It's just I am. I have been cold lately. I do have a space heater blowing on me, in on my face. Yeah, because. We're so, especially lately, like the last couple years, it hasn't gotten that cold at all. Yeah. So this year, all of a sudden, it was like hot, 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 and it wouldn't cool down until, what, Chris, like end of October? Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, it when it drops, you're just like beside yourself, and you don't have any proper clothes. Uh -huh. Like I had to order, get online and find slippers and get them like overnighted because suddenly I couldn't wear flip-flops all day and night, which is what I've been doing for like literally three years straight. And then I'm like, I need to cover my feet, which is also uncomfortable when you first start having to cover your feet again. It's been, and I turn the heater on. It's very strange for yeah. LA. Wow. Yeah, I turned Big my adjustments. heater on and somebody, it wasn't me, has been putting hair in it, uh, apparently. <laughs> it very much reeked of burnt hair. Like that time. I, we, were on, we were on vacation in California. I'm from Montana originally. So one of the 
trips we went on vacation, my sister was blow drying her hair and there was a giant cricket that had been living in this hair dryer, my great grandmother's hair dryer. And it, it smelled and burned and a flaming cricket flew in her hair and uh, did not stop being on fire. It was horrifying. We all screamed. And I've, I've been afraid of hair dryers ever. You won't see me using a hair dryer. There's flaming bugs that shoot out of them. Did you know that? No. Well, you do now. That's how it I is mean, here. That reminds me, and it's not a direct link, but I'm going to share this one anyway. That reminds me of the night I was sitting at the kitchen table typing something up, very focused, really getting some stuff done. And I just had a weird feeling. And I looked down on my shoulder, and there's just a praying mantis sitting there ah! staring at me. And when I looked down like this, his head turned like that. Yeah, eye contact, Like huh? turned. And he, we were looking right into each other's eyes. And then I screamed like an absolute lunatic, which I don't think I'm that type of person. I'm not like super skeevy that way. And normally I would be like, I think if it was a cricket, it, it, I would have been calmer. Oh, yeah. But praying mantises look like aliens. It was very scary. And they always take it as an opportunity to slowly shadow box. Like they're ready to go. <laughs> They're ready to throw down. <laughs> I will say this. I think it is like what is kind of um, disheartening. Like, I'm sure you both are, you know, doing, getting, going to therapy, getting changed. But I <laughs> I think that the, what is really frustrating is that, like, even you can go to therapy for years and then those moments happen. So you're going to scream yeah. every, like, Every time something happens that I'm afraid of, I go like this. And I don't even try, but it just happens. Every time, no matter how much, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you can't control just your plain old human reaction, though. But I wish I could. I wish I could change it for the whole world because it's not, it's not appropriate at all. That's way better than screaming. A, a slow, a low, whoa, whoa, whoa. It sounds very calm. Can you tell us a whoa, whoa, whoa story that's happened recently? Like my dog will get attacked and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got <laughs> mugged once. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like really? just really can't do anything else. And I think that if I could change one thing, I mean, you know, the list, you know, you go into therapy with a whole list and say, change these. But that would be <laughs> at the top. Were you mugged? You hand the list to the therapist. Change these, please, within <laughs> yeah. three years. Do that. Yeah, do all of them. Check <laughs> it out when you're done. Well, there's just so much to cover with a therapist, and you could be with the same one for years, and uh, praying mantises never come up. Yeah, one time I was in an Airbnb, and I heard scratching. Mm -mm. I heard scratching up above. <laughs> Looked up, saw a little paw come out. What? Well, a little paw come out. Was, did the paw have kind of fingers? Because that's a raccoon. The paw had fingers. Oh, that was a raccoon paw. Uh, was it? I don't know. I never saw the rest of the body. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were too busy saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 paw fingers. <laughs> that's the only one with fingers? Are you sure? I... If you really, and Karen and I talk about raccoons and what I'm going to go ahead a and lot. just call hands way too often on this podcast. We're a both, lot, yeah. The way, there's a famous one. I'm sure you've seen it, Joe. It's a, it's a raccoon scooping up a bunch of cat food and running away on its hind legs. It might as well have been wearing a tracksuit. It's the cutest the thing ever, but they're unpredictable. They'll jump right oh. at your face. I've learned from a handful of comedy movies. I fear them, and they're not. The reason I'm scared of them is they aren't scared of humans. No. Yeah. At least a bear yeah. is like avoids you. Raccoons. Will. What was your raccoon paw reaching down for? Yeah. I I think he just was kind of like I'm up here. I <laughs> he mean, just wanted a high five. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of like. Hey, but then, the tricky thing was, I'll tell you, tell you this, is that I was, you know, I'm saying, oh, you got to get this thing out of here, right? And so they moved me out for a bit, and then I came back. And when I came back, there was a pair of underpants. No. On the ground. Please tell me what? it was the raccoon's underpants. <laughs> Little tiny guys. Oh, God, that'd be great. No, I'm afraid they were human. They were a beautiful woman's underpants. <laughs> oh, no, like they fell out of the guy's pocket? I'm just uh, guessing, I mean but I'm afraid that's what happened. 
I mean, it's hard to know what happened, but they, you know, when you see a pair of underpants and you think, oh, a beautiful woman must wear these. <laughs> Some gorgeous polyester, maybe light pink polyester. It's just beautiful. I do believe it, it had a, like kind of a leopard theme. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just beautiful. <laughs> I, I hate talking visuals, but right, I'm currently wearing leopard uh, underpants and leopard pants. What, both? Yeah, it's just funny that you mentioned that. Did I tell you, Karen, about the time that I was doing a corporate show? Hold on. Show? Yeah, can we stand come? Up? Can we, sorry, oh, can yeah, we come sure, back? Sure. Yeah, sure. you're not. Yeah. These are. Here we go. Leopard. There he is. They're green. Wow. Oh. And then my underpants are. Oh, my good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He really is. See, Listener, I, he really is. A lot He's of people think lying. I tell tales out of school or that I'm one of these liars, but. And I'm telling no, you, I'm wearing two layers of leopard. Think you're a liar. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of millionaires. Yeah. I always like keep running into these fact checkers. <laughs> and I always have to show them my underpants. <laughs> I was doing a corporate show for some home mortgage company years ago. It was before, it was around 2007. I think I caused the financial crisis. That was it. you? That was me. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Fannie Mae and Ralphie <laughs> Mae. Uh, <laughs> Fannie Mac. I don't, you know what I'm saying. This, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they asked me at this private comedy show to do an impression of their boss. So they brought a gray wig and a long trench coat. And I was like, well, I haven't even talked to him. Just be, have a low voice, like you smoke a lot of cigars and be really confident and just say, uh, fire some people or something just because everyone's kind of scared of the guy. And I put my hand in his real jacket pocket and there was women's underwear in the pocket. And I made a joke like, oh, my my secretary uh, needs to... I, just, I improvised the wrong thing because I think, in fact, that's exactly what the case was. And his oh. wife ran out. I ruined Christmas. I ruined this uh-huh. private event. I was, I've never hired back at the Addison Improv ever again. I've never worked there since. I ruined a marriage. I caused a financial crisis. You certainly did not ruin that marriage. You were merely. It was already on the rocks. He ruined his own marriage. He wanted to get caught. Oh my God. But they, they had his jacket. They, it wasn't the jacket he was wearing. He didn't know this. He wasn't like, oh, won't that be funny? I never got a clear story as to what happened. I just know he and and his wife were not there at the end of the show. That just, I don't think I've ever told you that one, Karen. No, I've never heard that. I'm usually like a broken record with my stories, Joe. And that one is a fresh, (laughs) never before. Fresh hot goss, but from years ago, but still fresh. Yeah, yeah, it's fresh in my mind. I've suppressed it until now. Because... When you said you reached into the pocket, mm-hmm. Joe, I don't know if you did this, but my comedy brain went through the Rolodex of the possibilities, mm-hmm. and I was hoping maybe a little bag of cocaine, <gasps> something fun for Christmas. See, yeah, right? mm-hmm. that, like you go, oh, you shouldn't have that, but also at the same time, if you're a, some sort of running a company, maybe that's I could have been what clever and said, let it snow. Am I right? <laughs> You know, like <laughs> oh, that's so clever. Been, it, yeah, you. Yeah, what would you say? Okay, let's just kind of go for this. What would you say if you found a big bag of pot in there? Um, we all know that Christmas colors are are red and green, but this green <laughs> is gonna send you to jail. You can't buy anything with it. <laughs> and then they'd start to boo. <laughs> oh, you really put me on the spot there, Joe. I, I, no, no, I, I think you did the perfect. No, you did the perfect. You answer. have to. Th- this is improv. You had to throw something out. I know. I would have said, I would have held it up and said, what's up, Cheech and Chong? <laughs> See, that's way better. It's relatable. But I had literally half a minute more than you did. Yeah. I got to sit there and think while you were talking. You should have yelled freeze and tapped my shoulder and taken <laughs> over. <laughs> Joe, what would your uh, yeah. what would your off-the-cuff remark have been about the bag of weed? There's a handgun. Now I'm going to mix oh. it up. I'm changing. Oh, oh, yeah. oh it's a handgun? Yeah, a little yeah. tiny uh, gold gun. Oh, a gold gun. Yeah. Okay, so maybe something kind of about men in black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Oh, looks like somebody's about to shoot aliens. 
That that yeah. look a well, I think. I do too. Yeah, that's quick yeah. too. Yeah, pretty quick reference right at the tip of everybody's tongue. Yeah, and topical yeah. or at and least topical. cultural. Yeah, yeah. People are always watching that movie. <laughs> When's the last time you watched Men in Black in full? I can tell you actually because I it's the t- first time I watched it was the most recent time I watched it. So whenever that was, nineteen twenty, the year two thousand. <laughs> but me and my sister and the guy I was dating at the time were all at the movie theater together. <laughs> and the guy was kind of super low key. And my sister and I are like me. And I'm like her and she's like me. And when that part where the pug starts talking in the real deep voice, <laughs> you know that part? And he's also, uh-huh. he sings the song, he raps the song. Uh-huh. My sister starts laughing so loud and so hard and she can't stop. Like she, it like just kind of tickled her funny bum perfectly. Uh-huh. And she was laughing so hard that everyone else started laughing. And it was, it, people weren't liking it that much, but she was like, and she, if I bring it up to her, she starts laughing <laughs> just as hard today, 20 years later. Cause she's like, I, you're telling me that little dog didn't make it. <laughs> she th- still to this day thinks it's the funniest thing she's ever seen. Wow. Yeah, you can really change. Everyone always wants me to see The Matrix. And every everyone loves that movie. And I was the only one that didn't because I saw that in a theater and there was a deaf person in the audience. So they had captions at the bottom, but they were coming up a little soon. So it would say... Like, I think one of Keanu's lines in it is okie-dokie. And so it said okie-dokie at the bottom for a long time. And then when he finally said it, everyone laughed. Like, it was, (laughs) we we were all watching a comedy. Everyone would laugh through all of the Matrix because of this caption snafu. And then then years later, everyone's like, oh, it's one of the best movies ever made. And I'm like, but it's hilarious, right? (laughs) No, only to me and the people I watched it with. It is amazing, though. I think, like, it's so much easier. I find it's, like, so much easier to watch comedy movies and comedy TV with a group. Like, by myself, I find myself feeling like I should be in jail. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, and I enjoy it. And this is my face, like, straight line across the mouth. And I, I just, I can't. Seem to it's just so much easier to laugh around other people. Yeah, it's it. There, you True. feel insane if you're by yourself laughing in a room alone, no other people nearby. It 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 seems like that's what um, someone does, rocking back and forth in a padded room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, I'm I'm with you on that. That I just once every couple of years I'll watch Veep, and like I'll kind of forget it. But then the same joke makes me laugh for like 10 minutes. But it's just this one joke. I think it's in season three. And it really gets me every time. I always forget it's coming. And then I remember, <laughs> oh, it's coming. It's coming. And then I get a good 10 minute laugh out of it. Which one is it? Just say it. Okay. Well, she says <laughs> she's trying to make small talk. And her, uh, like, Gary's kind of abandoned her. And she's really desperately trying to make small talk. And she's like, someone says their name. And she goes, and I forget what the name is, but she goes, oh, I wish I had a cousin with that name. <laughs> that is, that's the worst small talk. It's the worst. That's, I like jokes like that where when you hear it, the first thing that popped in my mind is whoever wrote that joke actually said that one time. Yeah. Right? They're just like, when you're going around a room like that of like, what's the dumbest thing we could say here? And then everyone just starts saying the dumbest thing or the most embarrassing <laughs> thing that held for years after where it's like one time in junior high I said this. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a day in the writing room where they all told embarrassing stories and they probably had fun at their little <laughs> I table. Wish, I wish I had a cousin with that name. <laughs> a really a really special one. That yeah. But it just that you do you do you both laugh at comedy? I mm-hmm. do. I do and I I found I was paying attention to it more when we were all in quarantine and I was just I I was monitoring my behavior pretty closely because I was really (laughs) afraid I was going to go crazy. But I I have to say I kind of enjoyed myself and that included laughing out loud at a lot of things. Wow. Yeah. It's wonderful. I laughed very the hardest I laughed was at that 
that moment in Schitt's Creek where the mom makes up that story about a biker that cut off all her daughter's hair because <laughs> she's trying to scare off this guy that was going to give the hotel a bad review. And the story mm-hmm. she comes up with all off the top of her head is I watched it over and over and over and I kept laughing at Catherine O'Hara's made up story. It is the funniest to me that and her scat singing make me laugh. Uh the best. I harder than anything that I can think of currently. Mine was, if I may, mine was Please go. Arrested Development, because I've rewatched Arrested Development in the past three years. I think I've watched it eight times. And like the last time I went to start it again, I was like, you, I think I said out loud, like, you're you've lost your mind. This is too many times. <laughs> but it isn't too many times because I think a lot like Veep, where they have such subtle jokes and so many jokes that you miss them entirely, like the first several times you watch them. So there's an episode where Tobias David Cross is getting ready to go do a part on a like on an actual set, I think. And someone says, Oh, do you have to bring your own costume or something like that? And he goes, oh, you know, these television shows, it's all about the detail. And then he opens up a cupboard and there's a used Starbucks cup. It's empty, except for there's a used Starbucks cup on the second shelf. And he just (laughs) sits there and then he just closes the cupboard. And it is so subtle that the first time I saw it was like the third time I watched the series in its entirety. And I laughed for so long. And then a little while later, George Michael opens a different cupboard and he's like, he's just, it's just his action while he's saying something else. And he reaches up when he opens the cupboard, there's one Nature Valley granola bar sitting (laughs) on on a shelf and nothing else in the entire thing. And he just takes it down. Like that's his snack. (laughs) It's so hilariously perfect. That makes me think that was something where, again, Someone hid that up there and it wasn't, they didn't know what was going to be there. That was another fun day in the writing room. (laughs) God, I got to get in one of these writing rooms. I mean, we can't actually be talking about hilarious um, television shows, though, Joe, without talking about Joe Para talks with you. I knew it. Oh, wow. What a transition. Gorgeous. I was looking for a way to make it. Kind of pro. We're both big fans. That's very pro. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's just such a good show. Yeah. I mean, oh, tell us about everything about it that you feel and think. <laughs> Please. Well, uh, it, it gave my dad his television debut. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, what episode was he in? Was it the Bean? He's in the grocery store episode. He plays Fred the Sample Guy. He gives out honey, <laughs> the honey ham that uh-huh. tastes like honey. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And he got to fly in season three. So he he had a pretty good time, all in all. So good. And so you were on it and you wrote on it, right? Yeah. But it was kind of like, I think at the time we were all like, some of us had had like a, like a couple of years of late night experience, but that was about it. Like the, that was like the, I think we had a combined maybe two years of <laughs> television making that we had all together too. Yeah. And so- <laughs> Everybody, we were all like, I can't believe it even got made because it was like, (laughs) we were just like a bunch of monkeys at typewriters. Like we were really, it was, I think it was also just like, like Joe, he gets like very passionate about things like, like truly about beans yeah, or like um, rat wars and like (laughs) he won't stop talking about it. So then it's kind of the game is just like figuring out how to make a story around him actually being very passionate about a thing that I do believe no one else cares about. <laughs> I, I want to assume, and I do assume, he's probably 100% the person he is on that show in real life. Yeah, I think he's like, you know, he's like a city guy. You know, like he like lives, you know, he's like, I think maybe he does grow tomatoes, but he's, yeah, I'd say he's a little, you know, he's a, he's a, Dirty comedian, just like the rest sure. of us. Sure, so ninety percent good. Good. Okay, that's even better. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. He might go to church. Hard to say. But yeah, he's... <laughs> just for the friendships he's built there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, yeah. His friend group is through the church, but I don't know if he has to know. But he's, yeah, it's 
to counterbalance the people he spends time with at night <laughs> yeah, at comedy yeah. shows. He has to. The first time I ever met him was at a comedy show at Ron Lynch's Midnight Show. Oh, that's a great show. It's it's the best. I, I miss is it. Is it still going? I think it is, actually. Oh, wow. I think yeah. he might be doing it at the Elysian, yeah. if I'm oh, not cool. mistaken. Yep. Oh, that's such a great show. But Joe was in town, and he was doing a set. Now, my, I grew up on a street called Eucalyptus Avenue, and it was way out in the country. Out, It was like five miles out of town. And also, it had a eucalyptus grove on it. So between our house and my Aunt Jean's house was our next-door neighbor, but they lived like half a mile away. We'd walk up the road, and because of the eucalyptus grove, all the acorns would fall or whatever, and there would be little caps on the ground, and you would pick them up and whistle into them. And that was just like, it was, no one even taught us how to do it yet. Every, every kid knew how to do it. It was just kind of like weirdly the thing. Joe Pera gets on stage at Ron's show, and he was just like, hello, everybody. I'm going to teach you how to make a whistle out of an acorn cap. And I'm standing on the side just there to watch him. And I fucking started crying. It was, it was, I was like, whatever, whoever this guy is, whatever the fuck he is doing, I am so 100% into it. And he literally taught everybody how to use a acorn cap to whistle and then left the stage. No one knew what the fuck was going on. They couldn't figure out if it was a character. They didn't know what. And I was just like, yes, I'm here for this. It made me so fucking happy. And it was so wholesome and so sweet. And also kind of that thing of like, when people do stuff like that for me in laced into comedy shows where everybody's trying to be a bigger, tough guy, a cool girl, whatever. Everybody's trying to be edgy or whatever thing they do, when it's run through with people who actually are just kind of showing up as themselves and like, I have an idea. It's like, oh, this is what I got into it for. This is like, I don't know. It made me so happy. And then like, basically everything I've seen him do after that, I'm just like, that's fucking acorn cap. Now he's on TV. (laughs) But actually it did not seem like a TV show that people who didn't know how to make TV made. Because there's some episodes mm. of that. When he babysits that little fucking girl and they do fireworks, mm. it's the most beautiful episode of television I've seen. Like, there's so much good shit in that show. It's so yeah. good. I think that it's like everybody had to learn really quick. And I, yeah, it's, uh, I think that given what we, what we knew beforehand, I, yeah, I think it what turned out uh, better than we, um, it showed up. But it was it was definitely like a big learning curve. It was like also the acting was just like kind of more than a lot of us had ever done. It's like you, we were used to doing like web series and stuff. So it's like you you're like, oh, I I gotta stay here forever. Like you just, <laughs> and you see all these snacks. You're like, do I get to eat all these snacks? And then you eat all the snacks, and then you're like, I'm sick. And they're like, you can't leave. And you're like, but I'm sick because I ate too many. You know, you just kind of don't know yet. Right. I once I get, I ate a big, uh, it was a break. I ate a big bag of Cheetos. <laughs> kind of like you're really not supposed to do that as an actor. <laughs> then you have orange hands yeah. in the next take. On camera. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And your character didn't really go eat Cheetos. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a continuity there's, issue. There's a continuity issue that's pretty, pretty bright. And so. <laughs> <laughs> you wipe them off on the back of your <laughs> of your chinos, and then there's that problem. Yeah, then you got orange. You know, it's just kind of where's the orange going to go? It's tricky, you know. It's yeah, and you try and suck it off your fingers, and it just turns to cement. Orange cement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Have you figured out how to eat Cheetos in a way that's okay to do in front of other people? I, if you don't mind me going first. I get a <laughs> paper towel and I put them in the paper towel I, in my cupped hand and I just kind of uh, oh. scoop them in with the paper towel hand. With the mouth. Like you're a horse? Like a horse. Like I'm feeding myself, but myself is a horse. And I, yes. instead of hooves, I have hands. It works great. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Yeah. That's what I do. That, yeah. And you do that in front of other people. I know. I I think uh, for me, and I think they should be for everyone. Cheeto consumption is a private matter. Mm-hmm. 
It should be dealt with without uh-huh. others. It, but you end up yeah. at a party and it's always in a bowl and then I want to hug people. Well, here's the thing. When they're in a bowl at a party, there's too much moisture in the air. And so if you think you're going to enjoy one that you pull out of a public bowl, you're high as a kite, which actually might help. But for me, if I were to do that, I would only eat one and I'd be like, amazing. And I'd pretend that's all I wanted. When in fact, I had just started that sodium, like heroin (laughs) hit where then you just want 800. So I would probably avoid that publicly, Mm, but in private, I would go straight out of the bag. And for some Mm -hmm. reason, because of the way that Cheetos are shaped, because I only like the crunchy ones. Yes. Well, you're normal. Right. Okay. Thank you. I think the puffed ones are weird. Yeah. Too artificial. I hold them and then I hold my other three fingers up like a like a fine British lady. <laughs> so I kind of eat them like that. Like, mmm, dainty, but like a dainty pig. I hold mine like a little club because every Cheeto reminds me of Captain Caveman's cl- <laughs> little club. And So uh, you hold it with your whole fist? Yeah, and I go, Captain <laughs> Caveman. And then I throw it into my mouth like I'm striking my face. Yes. That's wow. a private. Well, why are these parties you go to all wet in the air? Is it because of the dancing and kissing? Yep, yep. Sure. They're dirty dancing parties where everybody reenacts. High the octane makeout parties. That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that <way>? Yeah. <laughs> Have you been That's here yet? You gotta, here. <laughs> you gotta come and go to the parties. You gotta come and party. Wow. Wait, Joe, how do you eat Cheetos yeah. crunchy? You know, here's what I I found that I the last two times I've seen them in public. I have eaten them, yeah. and then I, no matter what, something is wrong with my hands because it just—it's almost like none of the cheese remains on the chip into my body. It's—it's <laughs> it's all on the hand, yeah. and so then I kind of wonder if there's a way to get it off. And sometimes I think, well, maybe there's a way to get it off. Just if I go like this enough, you know, and that's—I think that's you know that people can hear that, right? Yeah. But it—it's yeah. um, it doesn't come off. And I have to excuse myself. Yeah, you could you could rub your tips together and and roll off the tiny little cheese worms. That's right, tiny yeah. little cheese worms. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the, the. I'm so sorry. I was at a loss for words, but it is rubbing your tips together to get off the little cheese worms. Yeah. That was the expression I was yeah, looking yeah. for desperately, searching <laughs> searching for that expression, yeah. that very well known expression. Yeah. Such a, rubbing your tips together to get off the little cheese worms. <laughs> Ridiculous. Is there anything that you, being in St. Louis, that you're excited? Because it's funny, my friend just came back from St. Louis, and he made me and my other friend St. Louis-style pizza, and he brought back the pizza crusts, the sauce, Ooh. and he bought the, that special cheese. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking about? what you think of it? Provel, what'd you think of it? I thought it was really good. It was almost like having an appetizer for dinner, which I'm always down for anything that changes it up like that in such a fantastic way but i really loved it and he actually bought it there packed it with ice packs wow and brought it home to us i know yeah st louis is like really i'd say the biggest the proudest part of st louis is the heavy ass (laughs) (laughs) really are there other ones oh yeah there's a deep fried ravioli they call toasted ravioli i've had it i had it at the at at helium there yeah you had it the toasted ravioli Yeah, yeah Uh, that's a very good one. And there's this thing called gooey butter cake. And that's mm. kind of like... My friend brought us that. It's unbelievable. I have half in my kitchen right now. Well, you're yeah, such a it. good friend. I know. Zach wow. Noe Towers, he's, the, he's a comedian. I, I was on the same festival as him. Oh, was it in St. Louis? Yeah. And he um, he's from St. Louis too, I just learned. Yeah, that's the friend. He's the funniest. He's yeah, so good. he's great. Yeah. Last time I was wow. in St. Louis, I hung out with the guy from Perfect Strangers that was not Belky. How did that happen? He's for from you? there, and I hung out with his friends, and I think someone put something in my drink. It wasn't him, but I don't remember most of the night, and I took many Ubers to different parts of town. It was a learning experience, but again, rich, wow. very wealthy financiers, and I trusted. I told them. you. And I uh, then you. I had to follow the yeah, paper trail and see what I'd done that night. Oh, no. Uh, mm. I purchased... really got to be careful. Yeah, it, but I loved, I loved the city. I had a great time. 
I really enjoyed it. Well, other than being drugged. There's well, yeah. Other than that, that it does have so much to offer. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I was offered those things, but I was so out of it, I don't recall. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. There's this. Uh, there's a great grocery store called Schnucks. That's the big one. Listen, there's a lot <laughs> going on, in Louis, for sure. You know, there's there's just so much at all times. You could so go in the elevator and the top of that arch. Yes, you can. It's like a Wonka Vader. It goes sideways at one point, right? Yeah, my friend works there, and she told me that she can't drink coffee when she works at the top of it because there's no bathroom. Oh, wow. So once you're up, you only four people can go up at a time, and only four people can go down at a time. Mm-mm. Wow, it's like a smoke jumper's lookout station. And so you can't go to the bathroom. There's no bathroom up there. Wow. There's no way I could do that. Does that arch ever get struck by lightning? Not that I know of, but they thought, you know, a big thing was they didn't think those two arches were going to meet in the middle. When they built it? Yeah, they built it off the sides on both sides, and they nobody thought it was going to meet. Really? <laughs> they didn't have a plan? You know, I think that maybe just a lot of people doubted. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ne- negativity. <laughs> they say, show me. Show me it's going to work. Is that what they mean by that? Uh-huh. The show me steam. Yeah. <laughs> show me that arch is actually going to. Yeah. Let me there. see for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and did you have fun at that festival? Oh, yeah. Uh, who's got a little doggy? I got a little doggy here. I'm so sorry. I put my dogs want to be in here with me when I record, but they are too noisy. And then I put them outside and they stay good for like 35 minutes. And then mm-hmm. my dog, Frank. He just can't take it anymore. He has to punish me for leaving him out. Yeah, my dog punishes me when I take a shower. <laughs> screaming. He starts screaming. What kind of dog do you have? It's like a Yorkie in Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big, huge, huge Yorkie. Too big. A gigantic Yorkie. Yeah, about 18 pounds. Do Yorkies have uh, like Wilford Brimley mustaches? Someone just recently said that, um, like, he kind of looks like um, a really hot possum. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the hot possum breed. Yeah, like a sexy possum. Oh, a sexy, (laughs) sensual possum. (laughs) Let's get a leopard sweater for this hot possum. That is that is the expression I was also looking for. Yeah, I, I have a way. I have a way with it. Yeah. I see the gap, and I, I fill it in with the, the right information. I wanted to talk to you about, in New York, and I worry about them during the wintertime, do you have these little cute delivery robots? No. They are in, like, Beverly Hills here and, and Hollywood, these cute little robots on four wheels. It's a little box, and it reminds me of Wally, and they're really cute, and they're really cautious. They're delivering food, I think, um, usually. Like, it'll be a Postmates logo on the side. Whoa. But they're really cautious when they cross streets. And they say, excuse me, when you get out of the way. And they say, thank you. And I worry about their well-being. And I am I really love these robots. And it's bizarre that I think most people see it as a scary sign of the future. Because there's it's a robot on the sidewalk with an antenna. Whoa. But I really... I love them, and I'm concerned for them. And I wondered if you'd seen them in New York and how they deal with snow. I don't think they're in New York yet. Well, they're just slowly... Are you seeing them, Karen? I have seen people post pictures of them who live in, I think, Hollywood, like more central. I've never seen them in person. I don't know why I like them so much. It's not what I expected, but I I really want to dress them up. I want I worry about them being vandalized in a way that I'm like would stand up for one. Are you talking about one. this because we were talking about having dogs and you were like this is the closest thing I can yeah, think of. Yeah, it's the closest thing I have to a pet <laughs> is I have access if I drive to the right neighborhood um these little robots that I've I've, I've built a little friendships with. And I think it's mutual. If mm-hmm. I saw some a group of ne'er-do-wells hitting one with a baseball bat, I think I would intervene. And say, leave it alone. You know, oh. I really worry about them. 
I, this sounds crazy, but I really like these oh. delivery robots. I think they're just cute. Well, you're made for the future where you empathize with machines. I mean, that's you're going to do great. Yeah. I cry at the end of Terminator 3. <laughs> they can develop emotions. When he goes down into that yeah. molten lava. It's really sad. Yeah. Can I say something kind of controversial? Yeah, please. That's the reason we do this. Okay, so I saw Terminator recently. The first one? Yeah, and I thought the only good scene was when those two ladies were getting ready. Her roommates? Yeah, and then he goes and kills her. And that scene is done, and there's nothing else like that in the whole... I, that was the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> I don't even remember this. He kills some innocent... Sarah Connor's roommates. They're putting makeup on in front of the mirror, having a good time, mm -hmm. laughing. He comes in and blows her up. Done. Yep. Yep. Oh, my God. I don't, why don't I remember that? I blocked it out, I guess. It's when he first starts to go find her. I have to say, this is con a controversial opinion of, of yours, Joe, because I find the love story in that movie that is such a classic 80s boy action movie but the love story between Sarah Connor and her future babies. Yes. John Connor. John Connor Jonathan. is so romantic. Like, because they're just trying to survive. Yeah. No? Didn't do it yeah. for you? No, I see that. I think it does. I see what you're saying. I think that's another highlight of the movie, I would say. I'd say the worst part is that freaking robot. I don't. I, I remember on VHS watching their love scene repeatedly, but I don't think it was coming from the heart. I think I was just a young boy and it's the closest we had to adult film. But it was important to me, their their relationship. Well, I think you should give that little scene of them getting ready a rewatch. Oh, it's that really awful. That sounds it's like... It's true, like you, f you feel like they really are friends. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds it's like great a day. scene from RoboCop, a much more violent, That's that's a disturbing movie. It is. I never seen that one. Yeah, it's very. Don't bother. You will. It'll put you in a dark place. Oh, no, I don't need that. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> not in the twenty degrees. No, St. not Lewis after situation. I, I had this uplifting conversation. <laughs> I can't go back down. <laughs> don't go. Don't no. go back. Joe, two of the the stories from your stand up or jokes that were had stories involved that I liked the most. I related very much to having a comedy haircut. Because I had oh. one after quarantine, and uh, that comedian was Carrot Top. I had long, carrot-toppy hair, and I I had to deal with that. And I said goodbye to it because I was confronted oh. by the fact I had comedy-specific hair. And then also oh. your little fifth-grade boyfriend that would break up with you every Friday oh, to do shit. God knows what on the weekends. Only to get back together with you on Monday. I had a Is similar... that why you did it? Because he wanted the weekends free? Yeah. But I, what do you think was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, he probably had some other frustrator on the weekend. Oh, that's no. awful. It's really tough, you know, to think about. <laughs> Just that Monday through Friday gal. Yeah. Ugh. I had a little sixth grade girlfriend. She was so cute and I liked her. And she would break, she broke up with me 10 times. Ten times? Because I, uh, I was too scared to try and kiss her. And all of her friends would gather around and they'd heckle us. And it was oh. very traumatic. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, I related to your comedy. You kind of piggybacked on Joe's tragedy with your own tragedy. I, there, do, I do do that. I do do that. <laughs> I do quite I often. Thought, I thought that was really lovely. I loved that. You know, to hear someone else is getting dumped. That's the best thing you can think of. When you get dumped to hear someone else got dumped, that's the only thing you want to hear. True. And how did he just called you up and what did he say? You dumped. I mean, it was really <laughs> kind of a classic economy of words there. <laughs> yeah. You dumped. I imagine that's him so on the phone, the hand that wasn't holding the phone was doing something like this with his thumb. You dumped. And he, he was dumped. motioning. I kind of imagined an index finger pointing downward. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> that is, that is more of a burn. Yeah, yeah, it's really brutal. I, don't, I mean, I'm I, sorry I brought know, it up. Worst case scenario, he's holding the Milky Way. He take a big bite after. You know, <laughs> really brutal. <laughs> I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm always every time I, like, 
every time I do something, I'm like, wow, this is cool. Look at look at this. Uh, people, check it out. And then afterwards, like a few years later, I'm just horrified that it's even out in the world. I'm so <laughs> horrified. And then you said that you listened to it, and I think, oh, God, why? I what loved it. But it, it does always horrify me. Does that happen to you, that timeline, or does that not happen? Oh, it happens absolutely. Yeah. Every time. I do comedy yeah. for a living, and I'm petrified that people are listening to it when I'm not around. When I put out a comedy album, I had to pretend it didn't exist for like five years. Because I was like, how did I even do that? How did I get that done? And then just, I was just like, I don't want to hear about it. If you have anything to say about it, that's your business. Like wow. a real shame avoidance uh, issue. But things change when those big fat checks start rolling in, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. It was... Really, can I just say for this, that particular album, so I hadn't gotten any money from it, and I was like, well, what the hell's going on here? And, you know, I'm getting real confident, you know what I mean, because it's been a few years and I forgot it existed, and then I thought, oh, well, maybe that's an income source. And so then, you know, I get all fired up. <laughs> well, then I say, yeah, what? this is interesting i haven't seen one pretty cent. i was so self-righteous and then they were like oh well you still haven't made your advance up but uh, and this was years later this was so many like seven years later they're like you still but when you do make up that advance we'll be the first to let you know it was like oh but the advance was so small i mean it was really it was a humbling moment and uh, you know that's where you can't really I, I just had to respond. Thank you so much to that email. That was... <laughs> Wait, what's the name of that um, album, Joe? I couldn't possibly. Or, or the you one better. that you have. You know what we could, if you don't want to mention albums. Uh, can we hear about this game that you invented, the, the card game? I think oh, it's sure. amazing that you're inventing, you're an inventor of games. So this game, it's called Fruits. Yeah. And it's like, basically what you're trying to do is it's kind of a game of strategy and chance but basically what you're trying to do is cut, get bunches of three of the same fruit mm -hmm. and there's like apples and bananas and grapes but then what happens is you can uh some people can thwart your efforts by putting <laughs> mice or locusts on really on <laughs> but you can you know you can double your points with a pie <laughs> kind of like gin rummy meets uno meets um, farming <laughs> so this is basically is like from eight to eighty. Anyone can play this game. That is indeed the tr the truth. Yeah. yeah. Well, my ninety five year old grandpa just learned it. They they learned it. So so over eighty it's confirmed fruits. And is this available anywhere on the oh, Joe Firestone is. website? Where where can we get? It? Oh, it's available anywhere. You can find it. But it's uh, you know, I think that it's it was like uh, we had like a little release party and like 30 people were playing this game 30 adults mm -hmm. and uh that i gave they were eating blow pops <laughs> and it just to see a group of adults eating blow pops playing a colorful card game it's really it makes you think what's going what's going on here you know it's a really it's a very interesting picture it's a very it's a wholesome yeah game. I, I i think that sounds wholesome because have you played apples to apples which is yes. not I love that game. We had a game night going through quarantine with the same kind of five or six people. And we usually ended up playing because we there was lots of choices, obviously, but we would end up playing apples to apples because it was kind of funny and easy and kind of low key. And it sounds to me like Fruits is very similar in that way. It's. I tried, we, I did it with this guy, Josh Knapp. We tried to make a game you could play in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get you back on your feet <laughs> yeah kind of like you know like there's like you want to play something in the hospital that's not like something that you could focus on a little bit but not have to focus on too much yeah. yes hospital game <laughs> yeah Perfect. it'll just put a little spring in your step <laughs> it'll put a little fluid in your iv bag <laughs> hopefully if you're going to the hospital grab your fruits <laughs> Because you I don't think. know how long you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Can I just um, ask one thing? Please. About what this podcast was like before COVID? Yeah. Who drives? Karen. 
Karen uh, is much better at talking and driving. I, uh, you combine them, and I'm, I'm everyone's life is in danger. <laughs> or I'm driving well, and I'm not even listening to anyone talk. So we we learn very quickly that Karen's the better multitasker. And then, do you sit in the front seat? We do. We don't look <laughs> at each other. It's profile to profile. I rarely <laughs> glance over. It wasn't until we started doing Zoom that I started to look at Karen's face. I'd never seen Chris's right eye until she quarantine. <laughs> yeah, she thought I was this weird cyclops for so long. <laughs> but I accepted him, and I think that's why it worked. Yeah, we can't wait to get back in the car. So everybody that does the Zoom version of the podcast gets to automatically get rebooked for well. when, we're, when we're real yeah. again. So if you're in town doing your comedy concerts, as you like to call them, as I, I call them. You, I demand you call them. <laughs> we can take you to your show. Um, mm -hmm. on, and occasionally we still do airport pickups at Burbank only. Burbank. Burbank okay. only. Mm -hmm. LAX is too difficult. Yes, too there was a okay. lot of fighting at yeah, LAX. Yeah, it became okay. too violent. Okay, well, I wouldn't want to get into violence no. right away. No. Not right away. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to Burbank. No problem. Okay, perfect. Terrific. Yeah, perfect. just pay a, a few hundred dollars more on your flight for the purposes <laughs> of being on our podcast, and we no will problem. love you for it. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're a, you're a delight uh, to speak with. You're hilarious. Yeah. You both are so funny, and I really am so, um, so I was so honored to be asked to be on it. I'm it's this is such a dream. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks. It's nice of you to say. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? <laughs> D-Y-N A-R. This has been an exactly right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.